church is a dying church. A quiet believer is a dying believer. That's not how we operate, right? We know. You got to speak. The, the, the world is full of opposition to get you to shut up. And, and, but they also want to tell you what to say about what to say. They want to point you in a direct. Did you know, I, I need you to treat yourself. When I went to, to learn how to shoot a gun, they teach you, you know, fire safety. Well, when they teach you that my grandfather, he said, because I went through the old school way, my grandfather taught me, and he said, always treat the gun like it's loaded. Why? Because imagine it firing all the time. Don't, don't point it like you don't. See, I want you to imagine yourself like that, a fully loaded weapon that the world and the enemy want to, to direct you and, and get you shooting and firing in the wrong direction. God's desire, because he has anointed you, equipped you, empowered you, filled you, I mean, given you power and authority from heaven, he wants to get your focus in the right direction so we can speak life to the kingdom and death to the enemy. And we do that through our worship and our praise. And when we come to church, when we stream online, we get loud, we get excited because we are going to direct this power in the right direction. Oh, I want to preach. If you, if you want to be a part of a quiet, little, still church, this, you came to the wrong building. This is not how we operate. And, and we are a life-giving church. How can you be a life-giving? I hear that all the time. We're, oh, we just love life and love people. And you got, if, to be a life-giving church, you ought to be so full of passion and life that it just exudes out of you. And it's hard to do when you're just looking defeated everywhere you go. And that's why I love this church. I, I am honored to, to pastor this church because we're not weak. And I don't mean that in the sense of our strength because it's not by our might nor our power, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. We're, I, I, we're not building losers. We're building champions. God, God, the Bible says He's searching. Searching. Are you one? Are you one? I want to read a scripture to you. And then we're going to pray, and then we're going to hear what the Lord has to say. I'm going to go to Psalms. Keep passing it by. It's the biggest book in the Bible, and I missed it twice. I'm supposed to be a preacher. Somebody out there saying, does this guy know what he's doing? I knew he was too young. Psalms 133, it's only a few verses, says this. Behold, how good... And how pleasant it is for brethren, that's us, to dwell together in unity. That's why we're here. That's why you're tuning in online. Because we came to do this together. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Who's the head? Christ. God's the head. And then it says, running down the, on the beard. What beard? The beard of Aaron. What does the beard of Aaron represent? I don't have time to go into all of it, but it represents those who are doing the work of the Lord means that this anointing is for the, those who want to do the work of the Lord. Right. And it says, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Where the, those who are doing the work of the Lord, the anointing fell. And he said, there I command my blessing. 
and life forevermore. There at Bridge Church, I command my blessing. There in Flagstaff, I command my blessing. There in your home, the Bruner home, I command my blessing. There in the Wolf home, I command my blessing. There in the McClure home, I command my blessing. I command my blessing. It's not, a, it's not like, well, hopefully I can bless you one day. It's commanding the blessing of God to come upon your life. And, and, and life forevermore. That's a rejoicing scripture. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. I pray that you lead us, guide us, direct us, and speak to us. God, if we're not ready to receive this word, break up that fallow ground, chisel away that hardened heart, break that stiff neck, and Lord, get us ready for what you have for us. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to do a mighty work today into every heart into every home, into every prison cell that's streaming. God, Lord, into every country that's streaming right now. I pray in the name of Jesus, let this transcend through a camera, on a screen, into a home, into a heart, to change an eternity. And Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me, because the anointing is for an assignment. I pray that you'd anoint me to accomplish the assignment that you have me on. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. <clears throat> I lost my voice in first service because I just preached that good. <laughs> Actually, Josh tells me it's because I drink too much coffee, and coffee, the caffeine will, will steal your voice. It, it ruins your voice. And I, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> so I'm trying to sip some hot tea to gain my voice back. Um, it's so good to be together today. I'm doing a new series called What's the Difference? Everybody say, What's the Difference? What's the difference? Uh, if you're new here, we're an expressive church, as you well know. And, uh, and, and we, you help me preach, you know, with a good amen every once in a while. See, see where I'm going, and then you kind of help me get there. Even if the preaching's not good, the, better, the, the more you amen, the better I'll get. Uh, <laughs> uh, but amen. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, I'm just kidding. But we have, well, I, I really, I've been focusing on this, this, I started this series last week and, and the Lord showed me what the difference is. There's a lot of things that we can talk about, about what's the difference between this and that. What's the difference in our nation and their nation? What's the difference between this aisle and that aisle? What's the difference between us and them? What's the difference? We could talk about what's the difference, healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. You know, that's a big deal. And I don't have time to go into all of it. But I, I encourage you, don't be needy. Unhealthy relationships start from a place of neediness. I want to be, because you start looking at, because this, this can happen in church. You ever gone to a church and it felt clicky? And the Lord, I, I said, Lord, what is, what is the difference between friends and cliques? He said, nothing. Because the only difference is you're not in that group. So the, the, the and that, that sounds harsh. But let me tell you, you're maybe not meant to be a part of that. And maybe you're meant to be a part of another one. Maybe you're meant to create another one. God has circles, and he even did this with his own disciples. He had his 12, and then he, out of the 12, just them, he pulled three away. Walk over here. No, you stay over there. And we talked to the three. You talk about a click. See, that, that, that it, Jesus established it. Let me tell you, because your neediness to belong to groups that you, a lot of times we look at relationships through our lens of high school. That's what's terrible. We're like, oh, that's the cool group. Oh, that's the job group. Oh, that's the, we, we categorize these groups like we're still in high school. I'm serious. This happens in church all the time. 
And, and, and let me just tell you, there are groups that you're meant for and not meant for. There are circles of influence you should not be a part of. Not get an invite to. And don't have FOMO. Don't have neediness. People smell your neediness. That's why they run. Because you're clinging. And you, it's not long before you drain that marriage, before you drain those kids and they run away, before you drain your friends and they run away. And pretty soon you're wondering, what's wrong with everybody? Oh, y'all are going to help me preach. And so we're all talking about this. But look, let's just back up. Your needs should be met by the supplier. And healthy relationships start with a healthy relationship in heaven with Jesus. And therefore, when I go to have a friendship, I'm not desperate and clingy and needy and longing to be. Who is calling me? My wife is calling me. Hon, what are you doing? That is silly. Honey, you should be streaming. Like, I. She is so funny. That's probably a butt dial. But I, where was I? Good Lord, I thought I had my phone off. I'm going to make sure that's on silent. When it's your wife, you really pay attention. She's calling again. I don't know what's going on. Is something, somebody call my wife and make sure she's okay. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Yes, the women, somebody started speaking up. Somebody better answer. <laughs> uh, where was I? Healthy relationships. You know, you got to have, what's the difference of healthy versus unhealthy? It's neediness. Don't, don't be needy, right? We got to move on. So let, I want to talk to you today about the anointing. We, we showed last week that how we anointed with oil. And that the oil and the anointing is for the assignment that God has you on, right? And we talked and made the point that sir, uh, anointing is for those who are serving, not for those who are being served. So careful what position you're in longing for something you may never get. Because if you're longing to be anointed and feel the anointing, you'll never feel it till you start serving. David was in the field serving, therefore he was qualified for the anointing, okay? So we talked about that, and we talked about how the anointing covered these guys, and we had the carpets cleaned and shampooed, and they got most of it. The, the problem was, is we had this big tub down here, and I didn't re- we didn't know until after, but it had a hole in it. <laughs> and so we really weren't doing any good anyway with the tub. So it was, oil was getting everywhere. But, and then it made footprints. And we talked about the drip. We talked about how you should be dripping with the anointing, leaving a residue, leaving footsteps. Like when was the last time somebody could follow your trail of anointing or the assignment of which the Father has you on? And so quit talking about a preacher, pastor, and leader. We need to follow. We, we need to see your footsteps. That's what changed the world. And I want to talk to you about how to remain in the anointing. Do you want to find out how? Look with me in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 22. I'm only going to be able to begin this. I have seven points and each point is powerful. I could tell because every point I was writing, the Holy Spirit was teaching and telling me things. And it was each like seven pages long. So I'm not going to try to get it all done today and feed you with a fire hydrant. I'm going to do my best uh, today to just get through a couple points, but show you powerfully how to start staying in the anointing. And this is, this is not taught well enough and not taught enough. I, I even like, I like listening to pastors. So I was like, I'm preaching on the anointing. Let's see what other guys are preaching. So I preached, I listened to like 40, you know, messages and only seven of them were about the anointing. 
and, and I, I googled uh, messages on the anointing oil and the anointing and only a handful of pastors actually you could find them preaching about the anointing yet the anointing affects every area of our life and Christ means the anointed one so how much more should we study the anointing of God it, it's the, the anointing that protects it's the anointing that guides it's the anointing that covers it's the anointing that promotes it's the anointing of God that brings the, the power that you feel our COVID worship team as we're calling this with the three our, our three up here we don't need numbers we need anointing you don't need to hear another preacher get all fired up with his gifting you need the anointing of God I don't need you to leave here clapping and saying good job preacher you told good jokes today I need you leaving here saying I felt God today and when I left I felt different something changed in me what was different about that song I've heard it before what was the difference about being in the building what was the difference about him preaching I've heard that kind of preaching it's the anointing that makes the difference and we have to have it. Yeah, Cassie, you ought to start clapping. Get somebody clapping in here. I saw a couple people out there. I'll call people out. Trust me. We, we need the anointing. I can't stress it enough. That's why I'm taking my time. The Holy Spirit showed me, Landon, this is all throughout the canon of Scripture, beginning to ending. You've got to take your time. You're talking about a subject that's not well taught of and not well known, but is very important. So in Exodus chapter 30, verse 22, it says the holy anointing oil, which you should see in there. It says, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, also take for yourself quality. Everybody say quality. quality. Because what the Lord is going to do in your life is quality. It's never going to be secondhand. It's never going to be leftovers. It's never going to be the extra. It's never just going to be something. It's not going to be garbage stuff. A lot of people expect God to do the minimum when God wants to do a quality work in your life. God wants you to have a quality marriage. God wants you to have a quality kid. God wants you to have quality teenagers. Somebody shouted amen. God wants you to have quality life, quality finances, a quality car. If you've been driving around a junker that barely starts, I'm praying right now. God's going to give you a quality vehicle. I'm not preaching prosperity, but I am preaching to prosper, that God would cause you to prosper and that you could be prosperous and bless other people. We have given away, I don't know, like probably fifty dollars to $60,000 uh, during COVID to feed people, to clothe people, to help people, to upgrade our facilities on our stream equipment, to help prison and inmate. We're doing the best we can because what we're going to do, we're going to do it with quality. So he says 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, According to the shekel of the sanctuary, a hin of olive oil, which is what you saw a gallon poured out on those victims last week. And you shall make from these a holy, I want you to keep seeing these key words, anointing oil and an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With you, you shall anoint the tabernacle. <clears throat> With it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and its utensils, and the laver and its base. You shall consecrate, uh, consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be 
All right, y'all are with me. I'm checking. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall speak to the children of Israel saying, this shall be a holy anointing oil through uh, out your generations. It shall not be poured here now on man's flesh. That sounds interesting. Nor shall you make it on any other, any other like it, according to its composition. It is holy. You need to hear this. And it shall be holy to you. What Whoever compounds any like it, and whoever puts any of it on an outsider, shall be cut off from his people. Let me explain what that means. It's very important. Because what it sounds like is a contradiction. It sounds like he said, anoint all this stuff and then anoint Aaron, a man, and then anoint all his sons, men. You hear that? Then he says, don't anoint anybody. Well, it sounds like it doesn't, what do, what do you mean? You just told us to anoint people and now you told us not to. And that the reason is, is because he's saying, what my anointing is for is for my work and my will and my way. My anointing is not for what you want. My anointing is not for your assignment. My anointing is not for your desires and your will. My anointing is not for what you choose, but for what I choose. And that Belshazzar learned this the hard way in the middle of Daniel. He learned because he took all the stuff from the temple and he partied with it and used it for his stuff. My question to you before we talk about remaining in the oil and in the anointing of God is, are you in God's assignment and doing what he wants you to do? Or are you on the other side? side where you're taking the things of God and saying, God, bless what I chose to do. Because a lot of people have been praying and the reason God hasn't answered your prayers to bless that business and that relationship and all the things in your life is because you're doing something God never called you to be a part of. And so the difficulty is we're trying to get God to anoint something. He said, I'll net. In fact, it won't just not work. It will work against you. The anointing, I need somebody to hear this. The anointing of God, what, sometimes what we're battling is not the devil. Isn't that what we like to do at church? Oh, the devil is a, a liar and he's fighting me again. And when we talk, we blame everything on the devil. I had a woman come down and she came down to the altar for prayer. And, I, and I'm laughing now, but you'll get it. I'm not laughing at people coming to the altar. But she came down to the altar and she came for prayer. I was like, oh, gosh, we, well, let's pray for you. You know, and, and, and I was like, what can I pray for? She was like, oh, pastor. Oh, God. I mean, she was wailing. It was making like a scene. I was like, God, this is huge. This is a big deal. And so I'm like getting ready to pray for her. And no joke, this woman is down here wailing and whining. And I said, what can I pray for? Oh, gosh, I could feel it in your heart. You're hurting. And she's like, the devil is attacking me. She goes, I am in such pain and agony. I have a hangnail on my toe. And I am just suffering. I said, dear God, woman. I'm like, how about before we call down fire from heaven, let's get some toenail clippers and, and let's send you to get a pedicure and fix this because I'm not kidding. What, but, but we do, that's a joke. That's funny, but, but we do it all the time. We do it. We, we do it. We call the, it's the devil attacking uh, my new friendship. I made, no, it's not. You probably made a friend. You shouldn't have made uh, oh, the devil's attacking this new business. I launched. No, he's not. He's probably God's probably, you're probably fighting God because you started a business. He never called you to. And a lot of times we get this conflicted because we think we mix our will with his will. 
And God says, I'm not anointing what you want. I, I'm only, that's why some people in, in my world, there'll be people who like, oh man, Pastor Landon, look at that. He started a church in two years of him finally being the senior pastor. And that was awesome. And now his church is exploding. They got a thousand people and they got a couple locations and they got missions and ministry. I'm going to go start a church too. And they go out to do something because they see something rather than feel something. See, God is going to give you an anointing for your assignment, not for something you just see and want out of envy. Oh, I saw someone start a business. Oh, I saw someone start. I saw someone get this and get that. And and so we just pursue our will. And then we try to call it God. And then we call it the devil when it doesn't work. Right? Because we just, we, we don't, our pride won't allow us to say, I made the wrong Yep. I made the wrong decision. I made the wrong choice. And we got to be careful. Before I go into the, these points, we got to understand. Is it, am I trying to accomplish what I wanted or what he wanted? I gotta, is that conviction that I feel right now? I, gotta, I can feel it in your heart. Can I be sensitive? I just feel the Holy Spirit te- telling me to t- tell somebody, it's okay. Don't condemn yourself. Don't beat yourself up. God loves you. His grace is here. You made a bad choice? It's all right. He'll make it right. You made a wrong turn? It's okay. You started something? Guess what? You can let it go. It's all right. It's going to be okay. God's going to work it out. God's going to deliver you. God's going to help you. God's going to set you free. Amen? Amen. Okay. So when you go into the start of this scripture and we, this passage, we start off and we hear about the cost now, the oils that they talked about were much more than a gallon. And I have this because I would, I, it, it roughly can get up to about 45 pounds, which is how much the oil would weigh, all of those combined. And so you'd have 45 pounds of oil. That's a lot of oil. And so there was a ton of oil, but it costs a lot too. The oil, I mean, costs a ton of money every time they made it. And this was costly. Everybody say it costs. The first thing that I need you to know before we get into these spices and before the oils, I need you to know it costs. Anything worth doing costs. Anything good costs. Everybody wants success, but nobody wants to pay the price. Everybody wants to arrive at a good marriage, but good marriages aren't made at the altar. Good marriages are made day to day in your prayer closet. Success isn't made in a moment. Success is made over time. Great leaders aren't born. They're made in difficult situations. Nobody wants to pay the cost, but everybody wants success. We have to understand that greatness, quality comes with a cost. And for that, I want to announce something I'm going to do. I I went to a funeral uh, yesterday uh, to honor a wonderful woman of God in Flagstaff, Sophie. Uh, We uh, lost her and uh, her sister who attends the church, the Goldbergs, and her daughter who attends the church, the Valenzuelas, Marissa, lost a wonderful woman. And we did too. She's an incredible woman of God. Now she's an intercessor in heaven. And I I don't really know the family extremely well. The Goldbergs I know really well. I'm getting to know the Valenzuelas. And I'm getting, there's a a huge family. There's like 700 people there. And so uh, I'm serious. And so we're there and I'm like, gosh, this is a big group of people. And and I I just feel like the odd guy. You ever gone somewhere and you're like, what am I doing here? Am I meant to be here? Come on, anybody? Come on, be real. Some of you feel like that right now. Um, So I, I, I went there and I was like, Lord, what do you want from me? What am I, meant to, what am I doing here? Because I, I want to help. 
I want to help. Well, what I saw during the funerals, this beautiful funeral, I saw this whole family, this Hispanic family, one by one. Uh, they got up there and played and sang every instrument, did and preached and taught and, and read scripture. It was like the, the Von Trapp family, but Hispanic. And, and they were phenomenal. They were all talented and gifted. I'm like, good Lord, who is this? Like, I want to meet these people. So I go and I meet them afterwards. And I said, hey, uh, how are you doing? They said, and we got into conversation. I found out, oh, they're pastors. And they're pa- this whole family, they, have a, they started a church in Mexico right on the border of our state. And they have a little church down there. And I found out that their church is without electricity. And they run it off a little generator that if they took, plug the drums up to it, that the generator fades, that somebody at one point got heat exhaustion because the fans couldn't keep going. And I said, Lord, I know why you brought me here today. I am going to buy them a generator. And so Bridge Church, we're going to bless them. We're going to pay for a brand new, big, beautiful humming generator because That's what people do. That's what the kingdom of God does. Because when we see a need, we fill the need. We don't see it and say, well, brother, I'll pray for you. Drive by someone who has a flat tire and say, well, just stretch your hands, kids. We'll just keep praying for them that they get. No, the people of God are meant to be generous people. We're meant to pay the cost and say, God, okay, I don't know where this 20000 is going to come from, but you're going to provide. You'll take care of it because anything worth doing comes at a cost. And when you recognize the anointing on somebody or something, you ought to get connected. Oh, how can I bless you? Because the Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. So make sure when you see somebody being blessed, oh, I want to be a part of the blessing. You got the anointing of God on you because the Cardinals are going to win. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said amen. And we just pray and we pour blessing. We see, oh, great marriage. Oh, you know what? I want to pour into this marriage. Oh, I see a great family. I see a great young man and woman. Pour into them. The reason I'm sharing this is because so many times we just come and go to church and we watch other people experience God. We wait to feel something selfishly for ourselves, but we never step out to bless somebody else. Let's be a blessing because then the next step is this. Everybody say myrrh. 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 I'm going to talk about myrrh for just a minute. Myrrh is interesting. Myrrh comes from a tree. This is one of the first oils of the five that the Lord mentions. And myrrh comes from a a short, small, scraggly-looking tree uh, that has a lot of huge thorns on it. At first, I thought, oh, is this the tree that they pulled the crown of thorns with? And No, it's not. Um, Trying to find what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so I looked at it, and it has all this uh, gummy balls of sap, you know, all over it. And I found out the process that they take this gum and they have to strip the bark from the tree with it. Then after they strip it, then they have to separate it. After they separate it, they have to steam it. After they steam it, they have to go through in a filtering process. And then they have to really break it down to get a real oil, a myrrh oil. And I was like, oh man, maybe the Lord is saying that there's a process, right? I can see that there's a process. And, 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 I, and I just didn't feel the Holy Spirit on it. And then I began to think, okay, what does the Bible say about myrrh? Not just what man does, but what does the Bible say about it? Do you remember myrrh with a little baby? Somebody in here. Where's my Christians who've been in here? Just say Jesus. Just somebody. Anybody. Like, <laughs> you're looking at me like, yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. We're all preaching this together. Uh, we, myrrh was given. Gold, frankincense, and 
at the birth of Jesus. When Jesus was doing his ministry of miracles before he was going to be taken to the cross, he was anointed and he said, don't stop them for this is the anointing for my burial. In that oil was myrrh. And then when Jesus went to the cross and they took him down off the cross, they washed his body and then they anointed it with oil, which had myrrh in it. And, and I, when I began to see this, I began to see what the Holy Spirit was saying and why myrrh was so important. And it was used in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was used for Jesus. It was because I want you to write this keyword down. It was all about passing. Because when Jesus came, one thing was passing while another thing was beginning. And when Jesus' ministry of miracles was coming to an end, one thing was passing and another thing was beginning. And then when Jesus went to the cross and had to come down and be buried, one thing was ending and another thing was beginning. And so when some when we get in the anointing, we have to recognize, God, is this the beginning? Is this the ending? I want to flow with the Holy Spirit and I want to know when something is is passing. Oh, can I preach about passing for just a minute? Because a lot of us are hearing this word and not connecting it to our heart, but we got to let old relationships pass because the Lord says the grace on them has lifted. I've got a new relationship for you. There's a new business. There's a new idea. There's new. Some of us are clinging on to things that God has tried to remove from our death grip. And God is saying, if you'll let it go, that's why people will, will stay in religion because they want the same old thing. And so I'm used to a system of religion. So I just keep doing the same thing and I'm, but I'm expecting something better. Nothing better will come from circling your wagons. You got to, you got to get out of your cycle. You got to get out of your system of preference and past, and you have to move into a new season. Somebody said, amen. amen. This, this is a whole new, some of us don't think you, you have preferences. Well, preacher, if they just sing the songs I'd like, you know, then I'd worship. That's why you ever heard that from an old school Christian, right? I've been around church a long time. I just want the old stuff. I want those old school hymnals. And I, I want the old, I want you to bring off. Oh, he just preached like my old pastor. I hear that a lot. I, I want to, <laughs> I'm not going to look around. I, 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 I hear preach like my, I hear uh, like, oh, I wish they would just, you know, have the volume and do this and do that. I, I'm just talking about us right now. It, this, this is your life too. It happens in your life. And everybody wants to, because people are fine as long as you remain where they want you. But sometimes God sends you to a place that's doing something different so he can get something different out of you. And so God wants to do something new, but you can't get the new anointing and you can't remain in the anointing if you remain in your past, if you remain in your sin, if you remain in your shame, if you remain in your failures, if you remain where God used to be, you're missing where God is today. But you got to come on. You give God some praise. God is God wants you to pass. Let some things go. Let those old minds, somebody has to hit reset. You got to let go. There's something that you've been holding on to. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's church hurt specifically. Maybe it's pastoral hurt. That's why you don't want to become a part of Bridge Church because you're afraid. It's difficult to belong when you won't allow your heart to connect. God wants something to pass. Somebody say, let it pass. Take a deep breath. God's got it. God's going to do it. 
God's going to do a great work. He's got this. He's been in charge the whole time. Because what we're saying by holding on is, it, we, and, I, and again, I hear this from old time religion, is, is oh, but that it used to be so good. It was so great. It was so anointed. It was so powerful. What we're saying is, oh, God obviously can't do better. But God only does better. God only does quality. God only keeps moving forward. God wants to do something better, but he's waiting for you. The last spice I'm going to give you for today is this, is cinnamon. Cinnamon is sweet, right? We like the taste of cinnamon. Turn to your neighbor on your right or your left and go, you smell sweet today? Hopefully. Some of you, when I said that, all of a sudden you found a mask and you're like, yep. <laughs> you're like, I'll put on my mask now. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Cinnamon in the Bible, it, it's known, they refer to it as the, the tree that has no curve. It, in Hebrew, it literally means to be, to be bundled and upright. And, and so upright in the Bible, when you, when you go back to always have to go back to what, what goes with all of Scripture, not just A. <clears throat> Upright means righteousness. It means righteous. What does righteousness mean? To be in right standing with God. So, so let me just ask you a question. To remain in the anointing, the difference between you and everybody else, the difference of you being anointed and remaining in the anointing and not remaining in the anointing and always feeling dry and disconnected, the way that you do that is by standing for the things of God, not for your politics, not for the world, not for an agenda, not for man, not for them, not for her, not for him, not for anything else. I got to stand in righteousness. And the only way I get right with God is standing for the things of God. I stand for prayer. I stand for life. I stand for worship. I stand for peace. I stand for love. I stand for joy. I stand for righteousness. I stand for the name that's above every other name. I stand for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, if you feel it, if you feel it, if you understand what I'm saying, stand, stand, stand for righteousness. We want to stand for everything and fly our... Man's pride is what will destroy the world. Sit down. i got more preaching to do. I'll be done. I promise. I'll end in a couple seconds. Minutes. Uh, hours. I... we got to stand for right... Why don't we stand up for unity? You know, that's one of the few that he actually says fight for. Did you know that? In the New Testament, one of the few words that he uses the word fight with is fight for unity. And if we're meant to look different than the world that's divided and self-destructive, we got to fight for unity. we got to fight to say, hey... I know we've had an argument, but I love you, man. We're together. Hey, I know we've had our differences, but we stand together, sister. Nobody's coming against you, not with me by your side. Uh, uh, no, oh, you, you, you experienced loss and death and tragedy. Oh, somebody, somebody step in and fight for unity. Somebody step in and say, I care. Somebody step in and stand. Now, careful because the, the cinnamon means two things. It means to be upright and sweet. So sometimes... What religion will teach you is self-righteousness. 
and it, and it smells bitter. But, but the sweetness, I love that God, isn't it great? How God, the harmony of scripture is beautiful. He didn't just add this because of random. He added it because there's a sweetness. That's why he says, right? When you speak the truth, speak it in love. First fruits of the spirit of love, joy, and peace. I, I don't need to be that self-righteous, vain, and prideful man who talks about how much I know about God, how much I can spend time in the Word and pray and worship. I know a lot of people who spend a lot of time in prayer, and they're just as mean as the devil. But I know a lot of people who bend their heart in worship to say, God, I surrender my heart, I surrender my will, my righteousness as a filthy rags, and I glorify the name that's above every other name, because a worshiper will remain sweet, because the the Bible says it's like a sweet aroma, your worship, your praise. It's a fragrance unto God. That's why it's so important to worship. Because when you come in here, you're saying, not my will. No, 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 not my self-righteousness, not my pride, not my ego. Oh, I'm going to look I'm gonna look silly jumping. I'm going to look foolish clapping. Oh, somebody's gonna, somebody might look at me sideways for taking a knee during service and weeping at the altar. Oh, somebody might get a little sideways with me dancing and moving a little bit, but they have no idea the attack of the enemy trying to get me to turn the wrong direction. And I, as for me in my house... We will serve the Lord. I will worship the Lord morning, noon, and night. When you worship God, that's where that sweet presence, that sweet aroma, that's that second word I didn't give you, but I want to give you is presence. When you want to remain in the anointing, check your presence. Check your attitude. Is it, is it righteous for the things of God? Is it sweet and graceful, loving and kind? I want to pray with you. Let's stand as we pray. I promised I'd close. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? You here in this house and online, everybody, I want to pray with you. And I want to pray that God moves in a powerful way. God is going to do a phenomenal work. God is going to do a phenomenal work. God is going to do a quality work. God is going to do a work for his assignment, his will, and his way. And it's for those who are choosing today to say, you know what? I feel like I've been dry. I feel like I've been disconnected. And I need to check my anointing level. I need to have 45 pounds of oil poured on me. I need the anointing. I need the costly anointing that Jesus came and died and poured it out for me for. I need the anointing of God in my life. I'm tired of coming and going to church and nothing changing and nothing impacting. I'm tired of of treating my spouse horribly. I'm tired of treating my kids like I don't love them. I'm tired of going to work bitter and angry. I'm tired of the past controlling me of sin and shame. I want to be free and I need the anointing of God. And if this message spoke to you here and online, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand, shoot them up all over this place. If this message has spoken to your heart today, every hand, Lord, I thank you, God. 
every hand that's raised, every heart that is open, God, every spirit that is willing. Come on, saints, I need you to pray. And maybe you don't know what to pray. I want you to pray this. I want you to say fresh outpouring. Jesus, I need a fresh outpouring. Jesus, I need an anointing. Jesus, I need a refreshing. Jesus, I repent of my ways and I seek your face and I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I thank you by the power of God. You are going to be filled today. You're going to be changed today. You're going to be transformed today. This is not another service where you just get inspired and informed. You leave transformed by the word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that the anointing is going to fall fresh. Somebody's going to leave dripping. Somebody's going to start leaving footprints where they used to be dry. Somebody's going to leave here, God, Lord, covered in the anointing. And, Lord, if somebody, Lord, right now has has grabbed a hold of something that's not yours, let it go. Let it go. Let it pass. Let it pass. If someone in here has grabbed on a self-righteousness instead of your righteousness, God, let it go and grab a hold of that sweet righteousness of God that is graceful and truthful, loving and kind, patient and merciful, For the Lord's mercy endures forever. And Lord, we thank you that there's a storehouse of anointing. There's a storehouse of anointing. And you're waiting to pour it out on your people. But you need them to get ready. Oh, somebody get ready in your spirit. The anointing is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Healing is coming. Our men, 50 men are about to go to the return and go on a men's excursion. And they are going to be changed and rocked and anointed. God, Lord, we're about to send a generator to a church we've never been to. And and, and I don't even know all of them. But God, we're going to bless the anointed because, God, you said bless those. We're going to bless them. We're going to bless your anointed. And Lord, we thank you, God. We're going to continue to do what you've called us to do, Lord, so that we may stay in the anointing. There are some here today with their heads bowed and eyes closed, and they came wondering, what's the difference in this church? The anointing is the difference. You didn't feel just anything. You felt the Holy Spirit stirring something in you that you thought was dead, that you didn't even think was alive, that you didn't even know was there. And the Holy Spirit said, I am alive in you. I am the wellspring of life, ready to team forth. All you got to do is draw from the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you, God. We put a demand on the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, that you are going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I thank you, Father, that we serve a great God. We serve an anointed God. We serve the only God. And we call upon the only name, Jesus, by which we can be saved. And with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, if that's you, And you say, you know what, preacher, I want some of that. I want to know who Jesus is, the anointed one. I I want him in my life. I want eternity. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You kind of pulled away. You left the things of God. You got hurt. Got sideways. You cursed God, ran from God, blamed God, and God has never left your side, and he's saying, I'm right here for you right now, and I want to ask you a question with no one looking around. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to hold on to the death of yesterday, or are you going to grab a hold of the new life of tomorrow? 
Only Jesus can give it. If that's you, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's when salvation comes. It says, for those who call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer, but before I do that, the Bible also says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But if you confess me before men, in front of other people, I'll confess you to the Father. If that's you, and you want to make this decision today, I want you to raise your hand here and online. Thank you for the hands shooting up. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, for all those hands. Thank you for every life and heart online. With every hand raised and heart open, keep them up. I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give God a big praise. Come on, let's give him a great praise. Come on, smile. Get excited. Over 700 people during COVID have given their life to Jesus through this house. And I'll never, we'll, we'll never back down from calling and saying, God, lead somebody, bring somebody. God has opened another prison. God is opening up more doors. God is doing a phenomenal work. And it's because he chose to. And it's because we say, God, just just keep us in your anointing. I just want to stay there with you. And we stay in that. That's what we call the sweet spot. And it's going to be powerful. The rest of your days are going to be better. Those of you who made this decision, the rest of your life will be the best of your life. Now that you've chosen Jesus, tested trials are going to continue to come. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll overcome. You'll win. You'll succeed. And you'll keep moving forward. Nothing's going to be able to stop you now that Jesus is with you. And you got the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you forever. Forever. God's with you. I want to speak this bridge declaration. We're going to be dismissed. You guys have an incredible week. And we'll see you next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Have a wonderful week. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam.